When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's so easy to be average. You know it as well as I know it. It takes a little something to be special, Don. It takes a little something special to be a great player. We don't have enough great players. To hell with that! We don't want to coach average. I don't want to be around you. Why be around average? proud of our young people in the classroom, in the community, and most especially in 310 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan, on the football field. Three things. Number one, the team that hits the hardest and the longest, the team that starts the fastest, and the team is too damn smart to make mistakes. If you take it to them, if you don't make mistakes, and you keep taking it to them, hell, there's no question who will win. It's time for the best Buckeye podcast. By fans, for the fans. Where they hate that team up north as much as you do. It's time for the OHIO podcast. OH! A 7-3 win over South Dakota State. And spare me the whole South Dakota State's a good FBS school. Okay, yeah. If you really are using that as your excuse, Hawkeye fans, uh, I don't know what to tell you, man. You're drinking your own Kool-Aid. It's the same one Michigan used when they lost to Appalachian State. Yeah, I, it just not not good, dude. Not good at all. They had a three-game losing streak in there, too. Yeah, you're looking at that right. Ohio State, Illinois, Michigan, back-to-back-to-back there. Um, they did have a nice little four-game win streak against Northwestern, Purdue, Wisconsin, and Minnesota. And then they, they, they could have went back to Indianapolis for a second straight year, but then throw a stinker against Nebraska out of all teams, who was terrible last year, Chris. This 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 Iowa team last year was just it was Jekyll and Hyde, and most of the time on that offense it was just non-existent. So eight and five overall last year, five and four in the Big Ten. This will be Kirk Ferentz's twenty-fourth season at the helm in Iowa. Of course, Iowa plays in Iowa City at Kinnick Stadium with a capacity of sixty-nine thousand two hundred fifty-one. All-time record there in Iowa, 685, 570, and 39 for a winning percentage of 544. Got a great bowl record, Chris, 2017-1, and one, and they've won 13 conference titles, two of those going to Kirk Ferentz. I'm sorry, if you've been at the same program for 24 years and you've only won two conference cha- uh, championships, I don't think you have very high expectations for your program. Chris, do you agree or disagree with me on that one? I would have to agree with you on that. Um, yeah, you know, but I, you think back, I would have, they had more than two head coaches in their history. I mean, Hayden Fry and Kirk Ferentz are about it, aren't they? <laughs> in our lifetime. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Uh, you know, and this is a team that is so disappointing because last year should have been at least nine and three at least nine and three probably should have been 10 and two. The losses that they had to Iowa state to Illinois to Nebraska were just sheer lack 
of offensive production. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, but, forgive, but, you forgive the losses to Michigan and to Ohio State because they're outclassed there. Call it what it is. They're outclassed. But we predicted this, dude. We told everybody this was not the same Iowa team that went to Indianapolis no. in 2021. We told everybody that. We knew that this was an Iowa team that was going to be tough to find points offensively. This is exa- They were exactly who we thought they were. It wasn't tough. It was almost impossible, Eric. I mean, there were times where the defense outscored the offense. Yes. And that's never acceptable. No. And that that goes back to what you kind of alluded to in the beginning, a serious culture problem, a serious nepotism problem within that program. Yeah, they 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 do. They they've got some issues there. I I I'm wondering if this will not be the last year for Kirk Ferentz. I, I, if, I can't if help Brian Ferentz like doesn't that. have a good offense this year, given the tools that they have. It's never going to happen. McNamara is maybe not a great quarterback, maybe not elite, but he's very serviceable. He's not going to take the top off the offense, but you know what? He can hit open receivers if they're not more than 20 yards downfield. Uh, You know, you've got great tight ends. Uh, You know, this this is a team that should put up some points this year. McNamara, whether we like him or not, he's a proven winner. He takes care of the football. He does. That was more more than what their quarterbacks last year could say. Yeah. So, all right, let's let's uh, we've been bringing in the guests and, and the experts from the other uh, podcasts on Big Banter to talk about their programs. This is going to be no different. So, we're going to bring Connor and Danny in from inside the nest uh, to see what they have to say about the Iowa Hawkeye program. Boys, take it away. And welcome back to the OHL podcast, everybody. And as you can see, we are now joined by Inside the Nest podcast, an Iowa show. Connor, he's the one directly below me there and directly below Chris. That is Danny. Now, we're not going to hold this against Danny. He's a Notre Dame fan because eventually <laughs> Danny's Danny's team's going to join the Big Ten. It's only a matter of time, Danny. You know, it's, you know it's going to happen. It's going to happen it's down the road. But tonight we're talking about the Iowa Hawkeyes, my second least favorite team in the Big Ten after Michigan. Don't worry, Connor. It's not because of anything Kirk Ferentz has done, although he has been there since, you know, the dawn of time. But uh, uh, my my first wife divorced me and, and picked my kids up and remarried and moved four states away to Iowa. So uh, I have a great disdain for the rolling hills of corn of that state. <laughs> and uh, Route 70, I guess it is, that goes through there. So anyways, uh, that being said, um, Let's jump right into tonight's preview. Talk about the Hawkeyes a little bit, guys. Uh, so glad to have you guys with us tonight. Number one, let's start right here because I, I tell you, I'm I'm going to let the cat out of the bag a little bit here. I think Iowa's got a very good chance of winning the West again this year. Um, I think they've made some little tweaks that and nothing else cannot be any worse offensively than what they were. And so th- there's only one way to go for Brian Ferns, and that's up unless he is so horrible of an p- offensive coordinator that at the end of the season, Kirk will have no choice but to kick his son to the curb, which sounds kind of <laughs> like what the Iowa fans have basically said and the athletic director at this point. So what is the ceiling and what is the floor for the Hawkeyes in 2023, Connor? Well, you said it best yourself. I mean, it couldn't have gotten any worse than what we saw from our offense last year. Um, but there were some little tweaks, like you said. Um, getting a new quarterback, I think, is the most important position. I think many people would agree with that. Um, Cade McNamara isn't a guy, a guy that's going to blow you away, I don't think, with like speed or arm talent. But he's a guy that's proven as a winner. He's a guy that's, uh, you know, he's been there before, you know. So I like a guy that's experienced. I want him to come in. He's already developed a huge repertoire for, or like, you know, getting out there, developing relationships, paid for trips out West, you know, trying to get that chemistry going kind of thing. So for me, when I look at the ceiling for us and looking at how easy our schedule is, uh, you look around the Big Ten, it's pretty widely considered that Iowa has the easiest schedule. I think that... At the very best, we uh, you know, we lose one game. That's who we are. 
or if we, even if we somehow manage to have the most magical season going undefeated, there's always one team out there that's going to, that we should not have lost to that we do. And there's always a team out there that we shouldn't have beaten that we do. And so that's kind of what I expect at the best. At the worst, though, when I'm looking at it, I kind of just see an eight and four. Again, our schedule is just too easy. Um, we kind of play the bottom half of the Big Ten as far as in schedule or in conference play. And then uh, out of conference, we have Utah State. Iowa State's on a down year. So mm-hmm. a lot of hope, a lot of hope for the year. Yeah, if I kind of feel like it's like for Iowa, Big Ten, or Big Ten championship or bust. That's, you know, it's funny you say that because that's, been like the huge saying going around on all the social media that I follow. It's it's Big Ten championship or bust. So championship or championship game, championship, championship game, game. Yes. yeah, championship game. So we're not as uh, you know we're not saying that we're going to win it, but I think that the West is fairly open. I mean, Wisconsin's tough. Wisconsin's the hardest team for sure. I would say Wisconsin. Other than that, they have. Football. I was looking good. Yeah. Other than that, but that's also his first year. I think they'll be all right, but I'm hoping for some hiccups. Kind of, your guys' defense is better than theirs, I'd say. Definitely based off last year. Your run game, Goodson looked good last year. Goodson's not a running back. He's not a running back anymore. No, he got drafted. Who's the freshman drafted? Uh, Caleb Johnson. Yeah, no, he looked good though. Yeah, he has a lot of upside too. I think, and so I like to look at this and say, okay, what was the worst possible position? Quarterback. Fix that. Next was our offensive line. I don't think that we went and got any big names in the portal, but we got guys that are kind of Iowa style. You know, uh, one of them was a Miami of Ohio guy that was recruited by our uh, new offensive line coach. So there's a little bit of a relationship there. So, you know, I just like to see some new names, some new faces, and uh, just get back to that kind of older Iowa style where we could be, uh, you know, some, some forces in the trenches, you know, because last year it was just soft and, when you give a bad quarterback no time, there's going to be no success. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the thing too, though. Also, like, Petrus really couldn't even hit the quick slants, like the five-yard passes. No, nothing. That Cade will be able to do that. Like, you'll be able to get first downs with Cade. Like, Petrus at the same time, though, it's kind of like, if it's third down, you're like, we're not completing this. No, I was fully confident. Like, we have to run the ball. That's yeah. our best chance. So I go out to all the home games. Uh, my dad and I do every year for Iowa. We have season tickets there. Uh, we actually live in Columbus, so we're we're in the uh, enemy territory here. But <laughs> big time. Yeah. So I go out there, and uh, you know, I had to watch a lot of these things in person. And there's nothing worse than watching a seven to three football game with zero touchdowns. And you know, that's how we opened up last year. So I. It can't get much worse than that. And somehow in our worst offensive year, we were able to like claw and scratch and get eight wins. Mm-hmm. Nothing, you know, amazing. But I just look at it and say, wow, that could have been a lot worse, you know. And you guys are going to have a dangerous little dual tight end setup too. I love it. I love it. There's a lot of like health concerns with Eric all. But Is there? A lot of people like to over-exaggerate it, it feels like. I don't know what I don't know, but he's out there playing, and there's a lot of uh, excitement surrounding him, so I love to yeah. see that. I'm a big fan of Luke Lachey. I'm sure you guys are pretty familiar with, uh, with the we Lachey. We are as yes. well, and we, we still to this day do not understand why Ryan Day did not recruit him. He ignored him. Was and there no I, offer ever? Yeah, I got There was no offer. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there was a soft offer, but it wasn't a hard, it wasn't a hard offer. He was stuck on Royer. He wanted Royer. And I just, Royer was, was high. Yeah. The, the <laughs> white Afro. Um, <laughs> he wanted Royer because he thought he was going to be a better pass catcher. And Royer has had a lot of misfortunes with a family member passing away. I think it was his mother passed away mm-hmm. and then he had an injury. And so his development has been stalled, but to this day, I, I turn on Iowa and I'm like, there's Luke Lachey. And I'm like, that's a legend. His dad was a legendary all-American offensive lineman for us. He's the color commentator on the radio. And you, and you let him go to Iowa? That yeah. one I don't understand. But all right, Chris, why don't you ask the next question? All right, guys, have to have to ask. How does the Iowa fan base view Kirk Ferentz at this point? <sighs> Man, when I tell you it's about as evenly split as you can get, 
there are so many guys calling for for his job uh but there's so many guys that do appreciate his loyalty you know he does have a lot of guys that do have his back me personally uh, as a fan I, I i like kirk ferentz a lot i don't think he's the guy that's going to win us win us a national championship but i do think he's a guy that uh he's going to keep putting players into the league he's going to keep you know doing what he does with offensive line i think that's what his biggest you know flex would be for lack of better words so um, do you that. think that the game has passed him by at all i do absolutely think that and i think he's trying to live through his son by letting him call the plays yeah and i think that he's trying to get too cute with not enough talent and that's me speaking bluntly again i don't know what i don't know but yeah, I do think the game has passed him by a little bit. He's been around for a little long, but again, a lot a lot of people do like that loyalty aspect too. A lot of recruits, I should say. Yeah, one like also another thing about like the whole like did the game pass him up? If you're gonna keep developing players at the, like the tight ends and the O line the way that he does, that's the style of football that you kind of want to play. He's I feel like a very good developmental coach. You kind yeah. of if you stray away from that too much, you might start to like tight ends. And like, yeah, you, you, yeah, those, you can, you're not going to have like your set. Yeah, exactly. It's an identity thing. And every team does have their identity. One thing I will say, Ohio state, like, I feel like you, you are disagreed with me that when I said that originally, I think that you can like, change. I think Ohio state changed their identity completely changed between urban and trestle. Yeah. Fair. They completely Fair. went spread offense. Like they're airing Very the ball true. out. They ran the ball with trestle. Trestle was kind of like, more conservative. Like, I think you can, you need the right coach to do it. You guys have had the same coach for 30 years. The same coach isn't going to change your identity. It's going out and getting another coach. You're pretty yeah, sure. So, right. so this is a good point because I mean, even from urban to day, you went yeah. from a, a, a collegiate spread to a, perf, to a, to a more of a pro style spread. Yeah. And so the quarterback changed, you had a JT Barrett and now you've got uh cj stroud who, who's a statue back there i mean completely different quarterbacks <laughs> um you know but that's also why you're able to get the wide receivers that you're able to get outside of brian hartline's just a recruiting god is the fact that you have an offense that is pro style so you yeah. you you can sit in a five stars house and say I can develop you so that when you are a rookie in the nfl you know every route there is already and you have it refined so, I mean, it's it's a part of a recruiting ploy in a way. But Kirk Ferentz is more of that old school, 80s, Midwest, hard nose. We're going to beat you by just running the ball down your throat. And by the fourth quarter, your defensive line is so spent because our giant hog mollies up front have just been laying on you all day that right. we're going to win by a field goal every single time. And so there's there's still room for that in the college game because so many teams have gone away from that, that it's almost like when you play a team like that, it's like playing Navy. It's the option. Like you trying to, trying to prepare for that. I mean, Ohio state has to completely change their defensive scheme when they would play Iowa or Wisconsin in the day. Although Wisconsin sounds like they're going to be going more to a, a open right. style offense, you know, to be to where we now have to put four linebackers in, in the box with four defensive down linemen because we just aren't used to that because everybody well, spreads it out. Well, Eric, so a perfect a, example is the way that Ohio State struggled with Michigan the last couple of years. Exactly. Exactly. For sure. Absolutely. I, yeah, I completely agree. It's, yeah, so let's talk defense real fast, Connor. What yeah. makes the Iowa defense so doggone good? It's not like you guys are recruiting five stars, man. I mean, these kids – I Iowa's defense won you games, literally. Oh, one. They, 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 they may have scored more the points offense. in the offense. <laughs> Why are they so good? There's a long answer and a short answer, and I think Danny said it best. For the short answer, uh, Phil Parker. I mean, I think that he's just kind of a genius. He's kind of just he's figured out the college game. He knows how to he knows how to adapt. Um, we've we've changed our defense a couple of times now. We've gone from a four three to a four two five. We've kind of just gone through all sorts of things. But he's a defensive back specialist, and I think what he really appreciates the most is a fundamental player. And you know, when I watch Iowa and I watch their defense, I think, wow, these guys can tackle really well. 
And I think that that's such an underrated outlook is how well someone tackles. And I think that that sounds corny when you start, like say it up front, but it's always those little plays on the outside, you know, those bubble screens where if a corner doesn't make that play, um, you know, he could go to the, the house, you know? So I've been fortunate enough to watch him have like coach guys up like Riley Moss, who are two stars from Iowa with no name and uh, turn him into NFL guys who, well, you know, we know, who we know who he is. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Yeah, no, not to say that, but it's just like you, you he goes from nothing to something kind of thing. No one really wants him uh when we're looking at our yeah, 2Ds yeah. as fans. You got you got another one in Xavier Nawakba. We wanted that guy bad. We recruited yes. the heck out of him and he he stayed home. That was a huge recruiting win for you guys. Yeah, that's funny too cuz there's down between Ohio State, Notre Dame and Iowa. Notre Dame was definitely in third, but all of our friends are Ohio State fans. Like we said, we live in Columbus. So, like, right. every time there's a recruiting battle, like Justin Hilliard, do you guys remember him? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Remember him. He was a, he's, a, he's a huge favorite of ours. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, he, he was down between us three, too. Those are always fun little recruiting battles between sure. the friends. <laughs> yeah. It's that. Yeah. But. Justin Hilliard was a great – he's a great guy. He's got a great story. Um, all right. Let's talk about those Michigan transfers real fast, man. Uh, yeah. What can they seriously – I mean, I obviously, you know, when you look at Cade McNamara, it looks, sounds like you guys are really depending on him big time. But how much of those transfers do you feel Iowa will depend on to get the offense going? Is it really, like, up to them? Or is there more going on behind the scenes and maybe the scheme or development of other guys that could turn this – maybe maybe they're just the grease that greases the wheels here. What, what what's, the, what's the consensus here? I think it's a little bit of both. Um, I think the Michigan guys are the two that when you look at our recruiter or our transfer um, portal, those are the two biggest names for us. Um, not not to discredit Caleb Brown, because that's where I want to go next, is I think when you bring all three of those together, I think it, it brings a whole new look to Iowa football that we've just never had before. Um, I, I look at it now and easily Caleb Brown is the highest rated recruit we've ever had at receiver. And I know he doesn't have a whole ton of experience. Um, I'm really kind of just hoping, you know, um, that he just stays healthy. He stays consistent and, you know, is a, a number one option for us. But given the kind of style we have and, you know, some setbacks that we've had at play calling, I don't know. It's uh, it's up in the air. I think that, you know, Brian France could hold our transfers back the way he does mm. our normal recruits. But at the same time, I feel, um, you know, it could go the complete opposite. I feel like Kate and uh, Eric all and some of these guys could, you know, make the most of some of these bad play calls. And, and you know, when we're running, you know, plays on third and long, making that pass that we're not used to. So I think that they make a huge advantage for us um, from what I've used to seeing in the portal. Obviously, the NIL changes things. Um, I'm not used to seeing seven guys come in on a year, but. Yeah, there was a lot of hope between those two at Michigan. Another big thing I have to feel like, too, is Cade's definitely more mobile quarterback than you guys used to yeah. have. The last mobile quarterback we've had was Brad Banks, and he was the Heisman runner-up. So it's like, why? Yeah, like if he can why get, you, if he can get you out of some of those like shitty positions with your with his feet, then... Yeah, no, I think he's got I think he's got the mobility that we're not used to. So I think I, think I look forward to that. Eric All right. Hall, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was, I was just saying. You know, no, I, I, I hear what you're saying. I, I want to move to this next question because I can't wait. You were fired up on your most recent episode <laughs> from the Nebraska fan. So, Chris, go ahead and ask this next question. And, and just a reminder, guys, this is a family-friendly show here. Don't worry. So, guys, where does the rivalry with Nebraska actually come from? Yeah, what's up with that? What? So. Obviously, we don't have a whole lot to hang our hat on in comparison to Nebraska as far as the past, um, you know, the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, which is, you know, I mentioned this guy, Johnny Skinner, on my last podcast. Um, he liked to go to the past, which is what I think Nebraska dominated so well. Um, being an Iowa fan and seeing how they've kind of transitioned into the Big Ten, um, we've kind of just developed a rivalry just solely based on proximity. Um We'd played it once or twice, you know, throughout the years back in the day. But now that we've become an every year kind of thing and with social media, man, it's completely taken off. Um, 
you know, I love to, to chirp people on Twitter and, and talk, you know, friendly game about how I think I was going to smack down on Nebraska. But looking at it this year, I think there, there's a lot of hype behind them. But like every year, though, you just beat me to it. Nebraska <laughs> things are going to be insane every year. But what they haven't gone to a bowl game in seven years. Yeah, that's horrible. So. Yeah. But to make a long story short, the origin of that rivalry really comes from the fact that we had a train system. Uh, that could just take fans to both games. It kind of stemmed from that. And uh, really, yeah, just with That's the cool. states being so close, like I, I was reading about it actually earlier on in the week. There was, a, I don't know the specific name of the train system, so I apologize. But yeah, these guys, this is how they would get around from place to place. So it's fun to see that now it, it's being an every year thing. Maybe uh, I do think it's pretty cool too how it's a Friday game. Yeah. Yeah, I like I lo- I like that actually. Yeah, yeah it's it, cool. It, it wets my whistle for you know what's coming the next day against Michigan. Um, I, I thought Purdue was the only people that played with trains. That's cool. Uh, actually, that's uh, <laughs> they're they're on later. They're on next. That's that, why I that was the worst dad joke I've ever heard, Eric. <laughs> oh, I, I've I've got worse ones than that. Trust me. Oh, um, uh, but no, that that's cool, guys. I did not know that. See, that's why I wanted to know. I mean, and you know, because it seems like it's more of a when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. An, I would say something that the Big Ten tried to make happen, like they tried to make Penn State and Michigan State a rivalry, and it's not. As much as they try to make it happen, it just both fan bases are like, yeah, no, that's not really our rival. Um, but that's cool that that one's kind of taken off like that. I think you guys should call the rivalry the Children of the Corn. I I think it's oh, that's a great rivalry. I think I think it's tailor made for you guys, man. That's just. Pfft. But yeah, you, you can't tee up any better than that. And we, we really dropped the ball there. So we yeah. might have to rename that trophy for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. One more quick question, guys. Again, yeah. we, we really, truly appreciate having you on here. I want to hear from both of you and um, I'll, I'll do it this way. Connor, I'll ask you Iowa. And then uh, Danny, I'm going to come over to you and ask you about Notre Dame. What are your expectations for your teams this season? I'll make it short and sweet for you. I, I my expectations see the same old defense that I'm I'm used to seeing um, or hopeful of seeing. You know, that's that's pretty standard. And I want to see an offense that's actually capable of going downfield. You know, where everyone doesn't have to stack the box. Really, I think you you can't get any more straightforward than that. Those are my expectations. You really got to step up the play calling. You really got to open up the field. And I think that this is the year for it. So. Okay, that and a Big Ten uh, uh, West. And, yeah, I got to say before, it's Big Ten championship or bust, man. That's what we're hoping for this year. So, Awesome. How about Notre Dame, my man? Yeah, so I'm going to say 10-2, and two, realistically. Okay. Like, I, think we'll, I think we can go 10-2 and two for sure. We got Clemson, USC, and you guys this year. Mm-hmm. I think our defense is going to be good. We always have a pretty good defense. And then biggest thing is obviously quarterback. Sam Hartman has 110 cut career touchdown passes. He was the highest, um, he had the highest completion percentage over 30 yards last year, most amount of touchdowns over 30 yards. So the deep threats there, um, we got a lot better receivers, I think this year, freshmen and whatnot. So the pass game should be there, but you never know. So I'm going to say two. If we drop all three of those games that I said, it's a failure of a season and Notre Dame is going to go down the hill. I got to put him on the spot, Eric. What are the two losses? Uh, I think we lose the USC for sure. I think Caleb Williams is going to do too much. 
I think you can beat him. I think we can beat him too. The game was close last year as well. Mm -hmm. I just think that he has that edge. It's in your house, isn't it? It is in our house this year. I'll I'll be honest. I'll be honest with you. If we, as Ohio State fans, we'll know if we have a team against Indiana that'll compete and against the big uh, for the big you know big games. And if we struggle to block the Indiana defensive line, which that's we we've already previewed in they're they're senior laden up there. That's kind of the strength of their defense. And our weakness is our offensive line. If we struggle in that first game on the offensive line, I think we go to South Bend and we and we lose. Yeah, I think that we have a chance against Ohio State. We talked about this on the first podcast that we had. New quarterback with mm-hmm. a new offense. You guys lost four offensive linemen or three? Three. Three. So you lost the center and you lost both tackles. Yep. That's a little bit concerning, but we also play you week five. You guys could have it turned around by then. Well, here's the thing about those tackles. In the, in the spring game, they were horrendous. I mean, it was Ole, baby, against the second string. Oh, yeah. It was, oh, yeah. It was interesting. Whatever quarterback we have in there will not make it through the season if they, if they block like that. The quarterback yeah. was getting less than two seconds to get rid of the ball. Every every play, every down. Yeah, we're gonna have we're gonna have Baptiste coming after him too. So oh, well, don't don't count on that guy. He's <laughs> one. He'll give you one good series a game. That's okay. it. And he's, That's done. Right. he's done. He's done. He just does not have the motor. Tell everybody where they can catch inside the nest, guys. So you can find us on Instagram and Twitter um, as far as social media goes. Mm-hmm. Um, on Twitter, we're at Inside the Nest Zero, which is kind of weird. We had to throw zero in, but it's Inside the Nest Zero. Our Instagram is Inside the Nest Pod, and you can find us on Spotify as well. We're working on getting our Apple Apple and uh, you know YouTube stuff going, but that's where we can get us right now. And if you guys like uh, a little bit more of a savory podcast, these are your guys right here. Uh, we get a little rowdy, and we uh, yes, they do. They they were they were playing nice per my request tonight. So thank you guys very much for coming on the OHIO podcast. We will be in touch. Have a great season, guys. Oh, yeah. thank you so Thanks much for having us, man. Have a great rest of your night. Good luck this you, season. You as well. yeah, we like to thank Connor and Danny from Inside the Nest. Uh, some characters there, huh, Chris? Oh, they're awesome. They're, they are characters, though, no doubt about that. Still trying to figure out the whole Notre Dame fan, Iowa fan, doing an Iowa podcast from a basement in Columbus. Yeah. <laughs> something, something doesn't seem right about all that. Are they coming to sabotage us? Is that what they're trying to do or what? Uh, that's, that's great. Hey, man, good for them. I, I, they're going to do they're going to do great with that podcast. Uh Yes. Uh, great, young, great young guys. So, all right, Chris, let's take a look at Iowa's projected starters, starting with the offense first. You mentioned him. We talked about him with the inside the nest fellas. Cade McNamara transfers from uh, that team up north to Iowa to be their starting quarterback, probably the best starting quarterback they've had in a while at running back. Caleb Johnson is a sophomore. They also brought in transfer Hayden Large who's a senior, both of them. And, and Hayden is, a, is more of a fullback, so that's that's going to be more of the one-two punch there in the backfield. You know, Iowa's always had strong offensive lines until, you know, last year. They, they just, last couple of years, they've just not had those traditional strong offensive linemen that Iowa was known for. We'll see if they can do it this year with Nick Dijon. Mason Richmond, who are both upperclassmen, along with Connor Colby and Logan Jones. And then they have the redshirt sophomore, Bo Stevens. So we'll see if the offensive line is a little better. Now, here's where I think they might have the best room in the Big Ten. And that is at the tight end position. Of course, they lose Sam Laporta to the NFL. But Luke Lachey, not Lack J, sorry about my mis- misspelling there. Luke Lachey. Of all the people that I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> I should have, you know, I, I, I make these things in a, in a hurry. I apologize. Luke Lachey, tight end, redshirt junior. And of course, the transfer from Michigan, Eric All are your two tight ends. And I tell you, I love Luke Lachey. I think he wish, I wish he would have stayed in Ohio, went to Ohio state, but can't go to Ohio state if they never offer you just saying, 
Wide receiver Nico Regina is the redshirt senior, along with Dante Vines, redshirt junior. Of course, they're big on the transfer from Ohio State coming in and doing some work for them. I don't know, Chris, if he's going to be what they think he's going to be. Uh, he you, couldn't find the field at Ohio State at all and got you know passed what? Neither over could by James freshmen. Williams. That is true. That is true. You make a very you make a very good point there. Um, offensively for Iowa, Chris, they can't get any worse. They can't. No. So it's, they're it's only possible. going to get better here, man. So even though they might be middle of the road, Big Ten offensively. Given that defense that they've had traditionally, there's no reason to think that this Iowa team is not better than what they were last year. And they were seven and five in the Big Ten, finished eight and five overall. This is a nine win football team, maybe 10, given yeah. their schedule, Chris. Offensively, you know, if you just get a little better, and they got a little bit better with the personnel. Now, where they didn't get any better is who's calling the plays. That I can't understand. Yeah. I, Family I, ties, I, I guess, here, it man. It is, and here's the issue, Eric. You've got a team that has poor out offensive production. Like I said, the offensive line wasn't, putting, you know, wasn't doing anything last year, which meant you were really down in your run game. And, you know, when you've got – uh, uh, Ferentz kid there as the offensive coordinator trying to call games like he's battling Woody and Bo, you know, trying to run it on every down with an offensive line that just can't move anything. You get behind early, you get in a, you know, you get into a position where you got to pass all the time and you don't have a quarterback, you don't have receivers. It, it's, it, it's just a recipe for disaster. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they've got some really talented tools in there now. You've got a Caleb Burton out there who can, you know, whether he makes a huge impact or not, yet to be seen, but he's a guy who's a legitimate threat. Uh, he can take the top off a of defense. You've got two tremendous tight ends. Eric All is is very much just an oversized wide receiver. Uh, if he gets back to his, uh, you know, the way he played in 2021 for Michigan, and especially given the fact that he's got the same quarterback in Cade McNamara, you know, this is an offense that's got a lot of potential. It's a matter of what Brian Ferentz does with that potential. Yep, I agree. Flipping it over to the defensive side of things here, Chris. Um, I'm big on this defensive line. Now, oh, yeah. I, I do not think they're Illinois or Ohio State good, but they're the next step, they're I probably think, three. in the Big Ten. Yeah. I, I do believe that. Noah Shannon uh, and Logan Lee, who are both seniors. And then you got Joe Evans and Deontay Craig, who are studs. I love uh, Deontay Craig's game. Yeah, this, this is a really, really good defensive line. And you know they've been playing really good at the linebacker position the last couple of years. You know, Jack Campbell was the most recent one to go to the NFL. But now you got Jay Higgins and Sebastian Castro stepping in. And they brought in a transfer in Nick Jackson as well. So you've got three seniors there at, uh, at uh, the linebacker position. Cornerback Jeremiah Harris and Cooper Dijon, uh, both upperclassmen. Of course, they lose Riley Moss finally, thank goodness. Gosh, that guy killed us. Yeah. Um, Quinn Schultz uh, or Schulte is a um is a safety redshirt senior safety. And then the sophomore who, who played a lot and actually started last year as a freshman and a recruit that we were we were hot for last year, Xavier Nawankba. Uh, he's he's a stud. He's a bona fide stud. Five star recruit. Well, that's a good pair of safeties they've got there as well. Mm -hmm. This is a very very good defense. Sophomore kicker Drew Stevens, and then the senior punter Tory Taylor is how the special teams look there with that defense. This is a solid Iowa defense. Is it as good as last year? Probably not. With, without Jack, it's hard to replace Jack Campbell. That but, guy was a legitimate you know, NFL caliber stud. Yeah. But this is still a really, really good defense. And remember we were playing the last, last year divisions in the big 10 and the West is a whole lot better place to be for Iowa than the East. So, Oh yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. So that's, that's, that's our projected starting lineups offensively and defensively for Iowa. This is a solid football team guys. 
if Brian Ferentz can just get out of the way in his play calling and not be so predictable, Iowa is a tough team to handle, given how solid and sound they are defensively with the upgrades they've made offensively. There's no reason to think that this Iowa football team cannot do better in, in 2023. Now, how much better? Let's find out what Chris and I think here. So, Utah State at home. They go on the road to Iowa State and Ames, Iowa. Of course, they lost that rivalry game last year, and then they play Western Michigan. There's no reason to think they don't go 3-0 and in their non-conference right off the bat, Chris, because mm-hmm. Iowa State's taken a step back, too, this year. Yeah. So I think that I think those are three winnable games. Then they go on the road and a whiteout at Penn State. There's your L. There's your first L of the season. If they can go into Penn State and beat them in their house in a whiteout, then you better circle, highlight, get ready. Iowa's going to win the West if they win that game. Mark it down. But I don't think they win that game. They then host Michigan State and Purdue. I think both of those are winnable games. Another tough road game at Wisconsin rivalry game on the road in Madison. That is a tough one before coming back home and taking on Minnesota before a bye week. Then they go on the road to play Northwestern in Wrigley field. That ought to be interesting. They host Rutgers host Illinois and then play finish the season at Nebraska. Those last two could be a little bit hairy Minnesota's a, a, an interesting one, but Chris, I see a 10 and two season here for Iowa, dude. Am I insane? Uh, not completely. I like them at nine and three. Um, I think that you're right. I think they lose to Penn state. I think they probably lose to Wisconsin at Wisconsin. Um, both of those very likely could be night games. Obviously it's at the whiteout at Penn state, but, uh, you know, it's very possible with it being a rivalry game, that Wisconsin game is a night game. You got those kids up there hopping around in the stands. Uh, you know, so for me, I, I mean, they've got a couple other possible stumbling blocks. Uh, Illinois could be a stumbling block for them. If they take a loss at home, I believe it will be to Illinois. Okay. Um Minnesota well, could be a tough one too. Yeah, that's that's the other one that's kind of got me. Yeah, Minnesota's interesting. Um, but I'll tell you this right now: Vegas has them at seven and a half. Go hammer Take the, the over. over. Go. That's you are stealing money from Vegas right there, guys. In fact, I would be shocked if that number is still seven and a half when this preview is is uh is right posted. Yeah. yeah, because I do not see a, I do not see a seven win team right there. No, not at all. Not with that. Not with that schedule. They've got a lot that lines up nice for them on that schedule. They do. The, no, like Ohio I said, State, no Michigan. The the road games at Penn State and at Wisconsin, I think, are probably L's. Everything else after that are, is either a W, or a, no worse, a coin flip. Yeah. And so I I really struggle to find five losses on that schedule for them. Oh, no, it's not even possible. Unless they just absolutely collapse, in which case I guarantee it will be Kirk Ferentz last year. Yep. Um, yeah, th- this team, like you said, hammer the over all day long. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, dude. I think that this is this is a bona fide hammer the over and – and see what uh, see how much money you can make. The only question is how much are you willing to put down on that? Uh, because uh, that to me that's that's stealing money, man. That's stealing money. That's what I, as I feel there. What does Brandon Jensen from Big Banter think about this? Well, let's ask him. So I'm Brandon Jensen, uh, lead betting analyst at Big Banter Sports. Glad to be on the show. We'll move on to Iowa at eight. Iowa has a quarterback for the first time in how long? It seems like, are we in the twilight zone? I don't know. Iowa also misses Ohio State and Michigan from the east. Huge stuff there. Anything less than four and two to start is going to be a massive disappointment. But I think they go five and one going into Madison. And they get the win in Madison. I'm not so sure. I don't think it happens for them. But I do think with Northwestern and Rutgers on the slate, I think we can get to seven. Can we find one more? 
with Minnesota, Nebraska, Illinois. I think we get one more. I like the eight being a push. So I think going over at minus 115 is the bet to be placed here. All right, Chris. Thank you, Brandon, for the for that uh, uh, little advice. Chris, I think the storyline here for Iowa is very simple. They've got a manageable schedule. They've made serious changes on the offensive side with their with their personnel. They're still really good defensively. They've got an identity on defense. Is this a compete and win the West Division and save my job type of season for the Ferentz family? Or is this we're going to fall apart and this is how it ends? I think that's really the storyline here. It's that simple. I think yeah. I think that they're good enough with just their personnel and with the changes they made. If they can just improve a little bit on offense, this is a 9-10 win team. Yeah, I agree, and I agree 100%. This is a either for, – for me, this is a minimum 9 win, compete in the West, make a solid bowl appearance type of season – or we're going to see our third head coach in our lifetime at Iowa. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, that's that's a that's a good way to point, good way to put it. I'm I'm really if they go ten and two, I, I still don't that, know if they win the West. I know that's what I was getting at. I still don't know that they win the West because I think Wisconsin. That I think lost, that's an eleven one team. That that game, the the game at Wisconsin, might be for the West division. I think it will be. And if that's the case, I like I would I like my odds if I'm Luke Fickle because I've got that at a, as a home game. Yeah. And that that could make the, that could make the difference on the season. And and so if that's the case, if Iowa goes ten and two but doesn't win the West, do they still get to go to a New Year's Six bowl game? Do you think? They it, will still would, be. They it would be hard be, to say. They would still be a top 15 team. They would least. be. They would be. Um, There's, here's my well, prediction here's for you. It's, it's got potential. Given what happens between Ohio State this season and that team up north, I think the winner of the West. No, I can't say that. I think the winner of the West is going to be hard pressed because you're not going to get a Rose Bowl bid. I don't see that unless Ohio State and Michigan both either have no loss or one loss. If they both got one loss, maybe. If one of them's undefeated, one of them has one loss, maybe they both make the playoffs again this year. I'm but, going to drop. You, you know, we you know how we do a crazy prediction show right before the season starts. Yeah. I'm going to let you know one of my crazy predictions right now. The Big Ten will have five teams in the top 18. I, I can see that because, Eric, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I have played this scenario out in my head. Now, it's not the way I feel it's going to happen. I believe we could have four 11-1 teams in the Big Ten. I have that, too, currently. I have Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State, and Wisconsin all with all one with, loss. Well, yes. And then, and then I have Iowa with two losses currently. And so there's no reason to think that Iowa wouldn't be ranked at least 18th in that scenario, maybe even higher. You could see five in the top 15. Because their two losses would be against Wisconsin and Penn State, who might be top 10 teams in that scenario. They might even be higher. So, yeah, I, I think this could be a really an interesting year in the Big Ten where you have – four, five teams that are really considered upper echelon football teams that really carry a conference uh, in, into the postseason. And what's sad is it's not next year because yeah, we would have legitimately four playoff teams easy. At least four. Year. Yeah. You might see five. Yeah, Iowa would be probably on the outside looking in. but Depending um, on what happens with some other – but topics. if they go into if they go into Madison and shock them, I think that you're looking again. If I think if Iowa beats Penn State, if Iowa happy, beats Penn State, they're going to win the West. 
And if they Mark go in and down. Beat, if they if they beat Penn State and Wisconsin, you're looking at an undefeated Iowa team going into the Big Ten title game. That's crazy. That's crazy talk. That is absolute crazy talk. With the were you with me at the Iowa game last year? We were. Yeah. Oh, yeah. don't you remember the interviews, Eric? Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Um, that was a bad team. I mean. Yeah. Bad. And I, and I, tr- again, I'm looking at this schedule and I am trying to talk myself out of, out of 10 wins because I remember that team last year, Yeah, but I just don't see it, man. I think if this might be the get nine wins. Th- there's no way that the parents guys are back next year. I just, I just yeah, I, I, this, I think this is the turnaround team of the big 10. All right, guys, please like share, subscribe, man. If you're an Iowa fan, you should be hitting the like over and over and over again, despite what I wrote about how Kirk Ferentz has held your fan base hostage. But what can I say? That's how I feel. I think he's, he, I think he's done you guys dirty uh, by not getting you guys a, a legitimate offensive coordinator, because if this team had a legitimate offensive coordinator, then they should be legitimately challenging for a big 10 title. But instead they're, they're going to try to settle for a big 10 West division crown again, but, and then probably get destroyed in the big 10 championship game by somebody. But I digress, hit like, share, subscribe. We will be back. Next week, Illinois Rutgers is on deck. So that's who our next two Big Ten previews. Hope you're enjoying these. Let us know what you think down in the comments section. Till next time, OH. I.O. Go Bucks. Were you with me at the Iowa game last year? We were, yeah. Oh, yeah. don't you remember the interviews, Eric? Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Um, that was a bad team. I mean, yeah. bad. And I, and I tr- again, I'm looking at this schedule and I am trying to talk myself out of out of 10 wins because I remember that team last year. Yeah. But I just don't see it, man. I think if this they might don't be the get nine wins. Th- there's no way that the Ferentz guys are back next year. I just, I just yeah, I, I this I think this is the turnaround team of the Big Ten. All right, guys, please like, share, subscribe. Man, if you're an Iowa fan, you should be hitting the like over and over and over again, despite what I wrote about how Kirk Ferentz has held your fan base hostage. But what can I say? That's how I feel. I think he's he, I think he's done you guys dirty uh, by not getting you guys a, a legitimate offensive coordinator, because if this team had a legitimate offensive coordinator, then they should be legitimately challenging for a Big Ten title. But instead, they're they're going to try to settle for a Big Ten West division crown again, but and then probably get destroyed in the Big Ten championship game by somebody. But I digress. Hit like, share, subscribe. We will be back next week. Illinois Rutgers is on deck. So that's who our next two Big Ten previews. Hope you're enjoying these. Let us know what you think down in the comments section. Till next time, OH. I.O. Go Bucks. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.